Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne. And this is episode 239, I think. Uh, this week, I'll be talking about books. Yeah, what do you know? A Wednesday afternoon podcast getting released. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to talk about this week, but... God damn it, I'm going to talk about some stuff. Uh, quality over quantity, right? Right? So, uh, yeah, there may be some spoilers in this podcast. I'll warn you before I spoil it. And let's just, uh, let's just dive right into this, huh? Huh? Let's talk about the news. Not a whole lot to talk about this week, actually, which I guess that's, that's kind of a good thing. Um, well, <laughs> some unfortunate news out of Diamond in the UK. Looks like the, one of the distribution centers in the UK was broken into... Uh, yesterday or Tuesday or whenever you listen to this podcast, it was the, the you know Tuesday. <laughs> so with that being said, because it's an active crime scene, distribution has been delayed, and because of that, Diamond has actually asked that uh, folks in the UK that have received their books yet, or dis- uh, well, like distributors, I guess not distributors. Uh, uh, I don't know, stores. There we go. Me and my big words. Uh, they've been asked to not release books until everyone else is able to get their books because fair, right? Because of fairness? All right. Well, I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. It, it really does suck that uh, the diamond was broken into, though. You know, we don't know what was taken. We have no idea. Diamond states that they haven't really been able to access their facilities uh, throughout the day. And that's making things really difficult for them. And, you know, it's, uh, it just sucks, man. It sucks. So, motherfuckers breaking into goddamn... Stealing comics? You think we're not going to be able to track those? I don't know. Like, they, they get, like, the little UK thing on them. Uh, money sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, it's, uh, maybe we won't be able to track them, maybe it was the perfect crime, who knows. Either way, fucking shitheads, am I right? Uh, gearing up, gearing up for a big weekend, New York Comic Con Online is coming. I know there are some folks rather excited about this, I know Ken over at ODPH is over the moon, he's pumping me up for it, I haven't been pumped for an online con since, well I guess CyberCon, because a lot of stuff's fallen flat for me, you know, I don't need to go into my dislikings and what have you on how a lot of these cons, these major cons have been handled, but, you know, New York Comic Con seems to be one of the, the few pure big cons out there, so I'm anxious to see how they're doing it, um, I will be doing my best to cover it. I'm not going to be able to be glued to the screen throughout the weekend, unfortunately, but as the news breaks, 
uh, I'm gonna do my darndest to make sure that I'm talking about it on the next Wednesday afternoon podcast. Uh, uh, otherwise, if you want full detail, I, I mean, I, I think ODPH is going to be live streaming some of this. I could be wrong, but ODPH, man, that's, that's where I go to get all of my nerd news for sure. A hundred percent for sure. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> New York Comic Con. I know they're pumped, trying to get me out there, trying to get me out there next year. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Aftershock making moves. These little indie, these little indie publishers. Let me tell you about these little indie publishers. They're not afraid of the big bag diamond dictating who is popular and who isn't. Uh, Aftershock and Scout have recently. I mean, well, now I guess Aftershock joined Scout and teaming with another media publishing type of company. Uh, was it Rave Gouch? Gauk? I don't know that, that those names. But uh, them and Aftershock have merged together to create Aftershock Media. Now, you can only imagine uh, the, the value of these Aftershock books as they spike up. You know, Animosity and other titles like that. You know, stuff that's just bound to be turned into whether it be a series or a movie or whatever. Some sort of uh, visual medium. And, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, good on Aftershock. I appreciate little guys making moves. I know I was worried about a lot of independent, or, well, yeah, independent publishers once the whole diamond shakeup and closure happened and DC pulling out, and I thought, oh, shit, done swept the leg. Now we got to figure out how to how to get out of this. Like, how, how are the little guys going to, um, I, I guess, adapt? And fuck, have they adapted? You know, they're bringing in people and say, hey, we got good stuff. Make these movies, make these shows. And I believe in it. I believe in the moves. I believe in the content. And congratulations, Aftershock, on making your big move. And honestly, that's really all I found All I found to be feasible to talk about in the news this week. So I guess let's, uh, let's move on to the next segment. That would be speculation. These are books that may or may not gain some financial... Uh, ground, I guess you could say, in, in the, the secondary market. You know, whether it be first appearances or cover appearances or big event happenings or anything that can get a speculator to to start, you know, getting excited, I guess. And we have a few of them this week. A few of them came out this last week. And uh, starting with the Joker War. Joker War Zone, actually. Uh, we got the first appearance of Henchmaster, and he's pretty much the motherfucker that trains all the, I guess, henchmen. You know, the, the seconds in command, <laughs> if you will. And, you know, I'm surprised this character hasn't been brought in a lot earlier, on account of, you know, 80 years of Batman. and Comics have been around a while, and the fact that they haven't really come up with the guy that trains the other guys... Uh, well, good on James Tynion, Tynion, for figuring it out, huh? <laughs> uh, first Henchmaster, Joker Warzone, I have a feeling this book will actually gain some, uh, gain some heat not too long from now. Um, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, issue number 54, we get the first appearance of Imperial, a new big bad god of sorts, so, uh, Power Rangers books, when it comes to first appearances, they're not really jumping up in the market at all right now, what we need is a live-action Power Rangers universe, and, and I'm not talking about the Fox Kids TV show, is Fox Kids still a thing? It's probably not, fuck, how old am I? Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know, it's, we need that in order for these books to gain ground, but, Anything can happen these days, so I still pick them up. I mean, I'm actually reading the stories, too, but... I mean, I picked me up in number 54. Actually, I picked up two, because, like I said, Imperial really could be a big thing. Uh, from Avengers, not so much a first appearance, but um, a big event. Uh, kind of a first appearance, I guess. The first appearance of the Fist of the Phoenix. So, Moon Knight... Uh, some spoilery things happen. I guess I can't really avoid it at this point, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Fist of the Phoenix, that, that kind of speaks for itself, right? Um, from Immortal Hulk Threshing Place, we got the first appearance of Rebecca Green. And I will say that, yes, this, this is a one-shot, one-off type of book, but they give every indication that Rebecca Green will be back in a big way in the Hulk universe. And I have a feeling about this book. I do. I do. I don't think it's shooting up at all right now, but I do think it will. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a couple of copies on deck, if you're into that type of thing. And the last thing I really saw feasible to talk about in the speculation segment this week is from Shang-Chi. Number one, we get the first full team appearance of the Five Weapons Society. Uh, I'm not going to give you the names of these characters because, well, honestly, I don't really care. Um, I didn't read Shang-Chi. I just happen to know that, you know, first team appearance of the Five Weapons Society. Ew, eh. Will it mean something? I don't know. There's a Shang-Chi movie coming out soon, probably. Maybe. Um, so, will that be adapted into there? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but, who am I to say? It could. It could. Either way, it's the first appearance in a Marvel Universe, and eventually, whether it be next week or 30 years from now, this book will probably be worth more than what you paid for it. So, is it an investment? Sure. Is it a bad investment? Not necessarily. Uh, how soon will this investment pay off? No fucking idea. And that's where I'm at on the speculation. Um, so, yeah. I hope you've been taking notes, Leah Little Flippers. Now, before I jump into the overviews, i got to tell you a wonderful place to get your books. A, a friend of the podcast, Hooked on Comics. Hooked on Comics is brought to me by NSCLiveTV.com to bring to you. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, it's one of my favorite places to get comics outside of my LCS. They do comic book auctions and bin sales. What's a bin sale? Buy it now. Uh, and uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays are their main shows. Tuesdays are the new comic book day pre-sale show that takes place at uh, f 5 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays. And then Saturdays is all the other goodness, all the back issues, whether it's auctions, whether it's bins, whether it's Silver Age keys or modern keys, whatever it is. It's probably not a new book. It's beyond that. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and honestly, like I said, if you're COVID conscious, you're not going out, or you just frankly don't have the, the capability of going out and checking out an LCS, I urge you to hit up Hooked on Comics. Start a pull box with them as well. Shit, start a pull box with them. Why not? If you don't have a place, you know, I'm always pounding in your head, pre-order your books, pre-order your books. Well, guess what? You can pre-order your books through Hooked on Comics as well. But as far as their online auctions go Tuesdays, Saturdays, 5, 7 Eastern. Now, uh, let's let's get into the overviews this week. Huh? Just a few books to talk about. What do I have here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5-ish. Five 5-ish five books. Uh, I pulled from a big old stack of stuff that I read. Now, if I'm not overviewing it, does that mean it was bad? No. That means I just couldn't find enough to talk about it without essentially giving you a play-by-play -play of the book. So, let's, let's get into this. There will be, there will be spoilers in this segment. So, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Read the book sooner. What am I going <laughs> to... Sorry. Sorry, we're not all freaks like me. Uh, Batman. Batman Three Jokers Number 2. This is one of the most anticipated books of the... Well, fuck, decade. One could be as so bold to say. So this is part two of the three-part miniseries. Jeff Johns, Jason Fabic, and Brad Anderson. Fabic and Anderson did the covers. All of the covers... And uh, let's let's pick up right where we left off. One would hope. Uh, Red Hood done killed a Joker. Took off. Now Barbara Babs, she goes off and she tattles. She tattles, tells Batman, Red Hood killed a Joker. Now Batman immediately goes to, well, <laughs> we got to protect him. <laughs> we got to protect Red Hood. And uh, 
this is this is what I find so awesome about this. It's not because oh, you know, he's former Bat family or whatever. Well, yeah, it is because of that, but it's for the selfish reasons. There's no way that Red Hood could be caught and arrested and interrogated without wearing a mask, unless you're Daredevil. Uh, see Daredevil for reference. And, well, yeah, so that would mean that essentially it'll all be tied to Batman. Batman's identity would be given away along with the rest of the Bat family and all's fucked for them. Can't have that. Can't have no Clark Kent moments where you're like, hey, fucking, I'm Superman. So, yeah, now we got to protect Red Hood. Probably in trouble, too. So Jason Dodd, he's off. He wants to kill the fucking Joker. You know, wants to kill the Joker, and Batman's on Jason Todd's trail. Jason Todd's trail, let's say that. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that leads to Blackgate. And Blackgate, and Batman, he, he, <sighs> he sees that Joe Chill, his name comes up. Somehow, you know, he's involved. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but, you know, Joe, Joe Chill is no longer at Blackgate. He realizes that he was moved on account of he has the cancer now. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, fucking, it's detectiving, right? I mean, it's got to be foreshadowing something, right? Right? Joe Chill, not there. Uh-oh. Well, Batman's got to get back to chasing after Jason. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Todd, he's after the other Jokers, and he's... He gets captured by the Jokers and gets the shit beat up, the sheet the shit beat out of him to the point where you know he think he's gonna die again and doesn't. He's left for dead. Batman Barb shows up, saves him. Barb go takes Red Hood back to her place. They mm-hmm, they get a little kissy poo going on because you know it gets all wet eyed in there and oh, nobody ever cared about me and oh we always cared about you oh, see we always cared about you we should have never done that and that's the moment we get there um yeah that happened just like that too and, <laughs> and well I mean yeah it's fucking I don't know I don't know so now she's there he's there with her trying to recover and yeah, well, it ends with the comedian Joker having a little uh, <laughs> uh, one-on-one with a dying Joe Chill, who has, uh, and essentially Joker's like, hey, I want you to confess to the Wayne murders. And, he's like, okay. and that's the book. That's that's part two of the book. Now, uh, how in the fuck are they going to be able to wrap up this whole 10-year-long anticipated story and one more issue? I mean, it, is it going to be like a 48-page spectacular? What? I, I'm, I don't know. I, Jeff Johns I trust, I guess, but shit. Well, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling that there's going to be some very disappointed people out there. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Am I not? I'm, I'm not disappointed throughout all this. I'm just confused. Like, how are they going to wrap it up? That's the only complaint I have about all this. Is that I don't feel like they're gonna. I don't know, but it's too soon to judge that. So, out of all the DC books I read last week, uh, Batman three or uh, yeah, Three Jokers is really the only one I'll be talking about in detail. So that brings me to a couple of indie books that crossed my path. You know, I'm talking about you, number three. Uh, I mean, I'm the world's biggest Chew fan, so obviously. John Lehman and Dan Boltwood. Dan Boltwood did the cover as well. And this is just doesn't... <laughs> the, the, this series is so fucking incredible, guys. Alright, so Mr. Murder is our bad guy. And he is at Shady Rest Retirement Home. Now... Who else is at Shady Rest Retirement Home? That would be Ong Chu. Quick backstory on Ong Chu. He's the grandfather in the Chu family, and he has a bit of a shady past. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended with the Shady Rest. So, yeah, well, when a big uh, fucking, what do you call it, assassin hitman shows up to an old feller with a shady past, one would immediately think that, well, that's who he's going to kill. And even Ong himself believes the same thing. But Sage Chu, 
which happens to be the granddaughter of Ong Chu and the twin sister of our main character, Saffron Chu, is the caretaker for her grandfather at Shady Rest Retirement Homes. So, uh, Mr. Murder pops in, sees a character that looks like Saffron, being Sage is her identical twin, with the exception of a green streak in her hair, or a pink streak in her hair. That's, that's the only way we're going to ever be able to differentiate them, uh, at least as of right now. And, yeah, well, Mr. Murder goes blasting on uh, fucking the Sage. Well, that's unexpected. From everybody. Well, uh, before Mr. Murder can kill Sage, Saffron shows up and blasts Mr. Murder in the back of the brain. And now everybody's fucking confused. Uh, Ung's confused. Uh, uh, fucking Sage wants to know why Saffron has a gun and knew to be there. Saffron makes up some bullshit. And then, yeah, well, they also... <laughs> they know that their brother... Tony Chu as a detective. And, well, guess what? He shows up on the case. Now, some trickery is afoot here. So, Tony is interrogating his sister, Sage, but mm, fucking the old loop-de-loo. Saffron kind of switched the part. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Tony's a little thrown off. He's, he's fucking, he could tell when Sage is lying, but he can't tell when Saffron's lying, apparently. Uh, cool little, cool, <laughs> I don't know, I just love what John Lehman does, man. I love it, I love it so much. So now Tony's kind of thrown off, uh, and they also, they, <laughs> they straight up frame their grandfather. You know, they say, well, this is all too perfect. He's got the shady past, and blah bloody blah and he's senile, so they'll never fucking charge him. You know, it won't be a, yeah. <laughs> so they kind of fucking frame their grandfather. He's perfectly cool with it, though. And, well, yeah, carrying on, right? Well, now, uh, Saffron, she's having a little meeting with her boss, and the boss is like, okay, we gotta get the fuck out of here, we're being hunted, I got this guy, Eddie, uh, or no, Eddie's the boss, sorry, I got this other guy, uh, forget his name, and, you know, we're gonna have some dinner with us, and we're gonna figure this shit out, well, Sage, or sorry, Saffron, when she eats, uh, the same exact meal as someone else, she's able to read their mind, and, yeah, uh, so, again, she realizes that this guy that's supposed to be helping him get passports and dip out of town is actually there to assassinize them. And guess what? Saffron, she is forced to kill again. So, boom, her first two kills are in chapter number three of this series. And this is all, I mean, yeah, she wasn't a killer before. She was a bad guy, but she never killed people before. Ah, oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's so goddamn good. If you are not reading Chu, or haven't read Chu, the first series, with the W, then do that. Read all 12 volumes. Read it, and you won't be disappointed. And then come back. I actually, I did, I did a fucking podcast. I did a trade negotiation on every single volume of the series. So if you just want the fill-in points, then read that. But still go out and buy the books, because, yeah, you should. <laughs> but I can't recommend this series enough. It, it is my favorite independent series, if not my favorite comic book series of all time. And now, the sequel. So, it's beautiful. John Layman's not skipping a beat. Dan Boltwood has huge shoes to fill. Uh, you know, Rob Guillory's old shoes. And fuck, is he doing it well. Is he doing it well? I, mm, It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, another massive indie book that came out this week sold 100,000 copies already, guys. Department of Truth, number one. James Tynan IV and Martin Simmons. Uh, this book is Wacko's Bunkers. Wacko Bunkers. It is fucking out there and in the most beautifully constructed and perfect way. The art is obscenely messy but also very well put together at the same time. Uh, it's, I, I don't have enough good things to say about this. So it follows this, uh, this, this man by the name of Agent Cole. He's being interrogated. He witnessed something really, really fucked up and strange. And now the people interrogating him, 
essentially want to see if he's a, a credible source. So they're having him retell his claims as to what he saw. Now, what did he see? He was invited to a flat earth convention. I mean, I could probably stop right there. You go pick up the book, right? He goes out to a flat earth convention, and there's some motherfuckers there that kind of take a liking to Agent Cole and realize, you know, okay, you're kind of on the fence here. You're not a disbeliever, but you seem uh, credible. Hop on this here plane. And then they take him to the edge of the fucking world. Air quotes, the edge of the world. And when they get there, some motherfuckers start blasting, and he's left standing, and then he gets taken back, and now we're all circled back around to this interrogation again. Now, once again, uh, we realize... <laughs> oh, man. Um... <sighs> It all comes down to the, you know, Cole at this point, he realizes, all right, you guys are going to kill me. You're going to kill me, just get it over with. And the guy interrogating him, now there's a reason why I'm not saying who or what is interrogating him, because that's the big twist at the end, which I'm going to get to in just a second. Uh, he, like I said, he just wants to figure out if he's a, a liable source, and he wants to recruit him into their department. This department being the Department of Truth. Yes, it is the conspiracy branch of the government, I guess, if you will. The ones exposing all of the, the what, oh man, oh man, everything from fucking, I can't say everything, but you know that there's going to be so much more. There, I mean, there's moon landing fakings talked about in this, obviously. The Flat Earth Conspiracy, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, by the way, that's the motherfucker interrogating him. <laughs> so yes, uh, the, the fucking Kennedy assassination. All of this is rolled up into uh, 22 pages of fucking glorious comic bookness that we've never read before. It is 100% up my alley. At first, I'll admit, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I have no idea. But that's a good sign. That's a good sign when I continue to read. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I just needed more and more and more. And manja, manja. I couldn't stop eating it up. Mm. Fuck. So goddamn good, guys. There's a reason, good reason. This book sold 100,000 copies. This one, I believe. So, bam. Uh, Avengers, number 36, Legacy 736, Jason Aaron, <laughs> Jesus, Brian, Jason Aaron, Javier Garron, and Jason Keith on the uh, interiors there. Uh, cover by Matteo Scalara and Rachel Rosenberg. Now, this, the, the, I mean, the age of Khonshu continues, right? That's the little story arc that we're playing with here. Um, Moon Knight and T'Challa, Black Panther, they're they're duking it out. They're, they're duking it out, and it is pretty much a fight scene throughout the, the majority of the book. And fuck, is it a beautiful fight scene. I mean, it really is just... They're, they're choreographing every goddamn punch with the, the name of the the karate move that they're doing. <laughs> the, the Fist of Khonshu and the knee of the flopping fish, or whatever the fuck, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's really how it's going, though. And then we get a little bit of a flashback sequence where uh, Moon Knight is approached by this figure that happens to be the Unseen, another watcher, you know, that's not allowed to um, fucking interfere. That's what I'm trying to say. They're not allowed to interfere. And, yeah, well, fucking while all this is going on, uh, Black Panther, he's trying to uh, fucking beat some sense into Spectre, knowing that he's a little crazy. And Spectre, it, it seems that he sees Black Panther as Mephisto, and that's why he's not letting up. Well, then, eventually, he sees him as Black Panther, but he just keeps going. Like, he just wants the shit beat out of him. He wants to beat up Black Panther, and it's getting really weird. And he keeps talking about all this praying. I just gotta keep praying. Just keep praying. And, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, what we come to find out is that Khonshu is using all this magic to make Spectre see Mephisto. And, well, yeah, that's, uh, whoopsies, right? <laughs> T'Challa, at one point in time, now, keep in mind, I'm not telling you this story frame by frame and storyline. I'm giving you the plot points because it bounces back and forth, all, you know, and, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, T'Challa, he tries to knock some sense into Khonshu at one point in time, you know, try to get Spectre to, uh, you know, essentially fucking see straight, I guess, and, yeah, well, 
uh, <laughs> Mjolnir gets thrown around. It's it's nuts, man. It's fucking nuts. Because we all know, you know, Khonshu is able to possess Mjolnir because of the moon, the Uru that's in Mjolnir. And, you know, moon, all that shit. But Shala, he's uh, fucking worthy, I guess. So Mjolnir's going back and forth, but eventually... Uh, Khonshu ends up with it and catapults himself into space to try to go after the last little piece he needs to fuck everything up, that being the baby little star brand that happens to be held by Tony and Carol. Uh, so Iron Man and Captain Marvel have this little baby and Khonshu shows up. Shows up and, uh, <laughs> fucking is taking Tony out. Taking him out. Tony says, get the fuck out of here with the baby. And, yeah, see ya. Well, some help shows up. <coughs> uh, Robbie and uh, fucking Cap and She-Hulk and Blade all arrive to help for assistance. And that buys a little bit of time. M- meanwhile, the battle down below, not in space, fucking T'Challa versus Moon Knight, and said just blow after blow after blow, and eventually Moon Knight prays himself into possessing the Phoenix Force. And now he is the Fist of the Phoenix, like I talked about earlier in the speculation segment. Uh, Definitely 100% setting up the big, you know, Phoenix Force event, one that I'm very, very, very stoked on, actually. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm digging the shit out of the story arc. I know, with me explaining, it seems like a lot's going on, but just know that, uh, this, this it really is beautifully told. It is. I, I could do this, the storytelling, no justice, because it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not a master, and this is a masterpiece, so. It's a little out of my level, but I had to fucking talk about it, because A, Jason Aaron's one of the best writers out there, period. B, everybody wants to know who Moon Knight is, whether you realize it or not. So I'm going to give you every chance I can to talk about Moon Knight. And anything Moon Knight's involved in is going to naturally be fucked and twisted. Because he's all fucked and twisted. So, there you go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could give you a CD, whatever, it's... (laughs) It's Avengers. You gotta be reading it, so... Uh, right. And, you know, this, this... The last book I was gonna talk about, I... I don't feel 100% comfortable talking about it, but I can give you the plot points. It is the first chapter in a 22-part crossover event in the X-Men universe, X of Swords, Creation. Uh, It's a one-shot, but it all ties into everything. It's Jonathan Hickman, it's Teeny Howard, Pepe Larraz, and uh, Marte Garcia. Now, Apocalypse Returns... With Summoner and uh, a very fucked up Banshee. And without another mutant. I can't remember the mutant. Apparently it's a mutant that can't be touched by God or or man. I can't remember his name, sorry. Well, now the goal is to assemble a team and go back and get him from Aroka. Which is now being invaded by a bunch of bad motherfuckers. And I'm not going to get into all that. I can't get into detail. Uh, Not without going into textbook mode like Hickman is doing to us i go through it because i know the payoff is going to be there but damn it doesn't make it all (laughs) any less annoying having it's just a lot of words guys took me like a half an hour to read this fucking book to comprehend it but yeah well so they go back and then apocalypse comes across these characters that are fucking shit up in aroka that just so happens to be his kids and there's a betrayal. Apocalypse gets fucking stabbed. And the, the team that he brings with them, which is Scarlet Witch and Havoc. And Archangel, Archangel, whatever you want to call him. Uh, yeah, they're, they're fucking shit up. And, ugh, man, we, we get this. Uh, oh, shit, what's her name? Uh, like I said, new characters up the ass, guys. New characters up the ass. I don't know these people. But, uh, honestly, it was... this. Bo- Yes, I have no real clue as to what's actually going on (laughs) yet, but that's to be expected with Hickman. But I will say that I have a better clue, which I guess no clue can't be much of a better clue than no clue. (laughs) A little bit of a clue, I guess. Uh, Which is a way better... Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. Sorry, my brain's fucking fried right now. Um... 
you know what? I'm gonna go on and say I'm a little disappointed. I didn't get my books. You know, it's, it's New Comic Book Day, and I, I didn't get my books this week. They were delayed on account of FedEx. Short of drivers. Haven't arrived in the store yet. That's a fucking bummer. So uh, yeah, uh, pardon me if I seem a little, a uh, little more discombobulated than normal, but mm, I, I should have a whole new fucking pile of books in front of me. All right, back to it. So Exoswords, <laughs> yeah, it's out there. It's a, but it's a good starting issue for sure. You know, there's a war of fixing to be afoot. And what about swords? What does this have to do with swords? Well, turns out I have a feeling this book's called Ten of Swords. Just like powers of ten. Uh, X's and tens, am I right? So, I don't know. Because uh, there's tarot cards involved. and uh, There's so much involved, guys. Seriously, this, I, I, this is like doing homework when reading this. If you want to comprehend it, you have to study it. Uh, but is it worth it? I do. I do think it's worth it. And that's why I decided against my original decision to not talk about this, to actually talk about this book, just to kind of give you some sort of hope. Because I know that there's people out there going, fuck, a 22-part series, do I want to get into it? Well, I could say, reading the first part of it, yeah, I do. I think you want to get into it. So far, I think you do. So that's where I land on my overviews this week, guys. Just because it wasn't an overview doesn't mean it wasn't worth mentioning. So that brings me to the honorable mentions right after I take this little bitty break. Let's Gaming Arena. Coming soon. Video games were all in the beginning. LGA Alright, I'm back for the honorable mentions. Now, once again, just because I didn't talk about it in the overview segment, that has nothing to do with the quality of the book. Um so let's just get into it. I got a big stack of honorable mentions to talk about this week. The first one actually being my book of the week. Proof that just because I don't overview it doesn't mean I didn't like it. Immortal Hulk, The Threshing Place. This is a one-shot by Jeff Lemire and Del Mundo, or, uh, Mike Del Mundo. This is a beautiful piece of horror and the Hulk universe. It's a wonderful one-shot setting up this Rebecca Green character storyline that I no doubt will be a huge part of the Hulk world and the Marvel universe. It is my favorite Hulk story ever told and done in just a one-shot. So, fucking beautiful, beautiful book. I cannot recommend this book anymore. This is like two level for me. And if you know me, you know it's a big deal for me to say. Uh, from DC, Batman, The Joker Warzone, number one. Uh, it's a whole bunch of mini-stories. That's why I chose not to talk about it, because, yeah, I essentially have to run down, like, three or four different comics. Mini, but, yeah. Now, all of them were amazing. <laughs> all of them were amazing. They're all setting up future Batman universe type of events, and awesome. Fantastic Four, number 24, I did actually read this week, and it is uh, kind of a Bobby versus Johnny story, uh, Iceman versus Human Torch, and not necessarily versus, but they're at each other's throats, and then uh, Ice, uh, Bobby's trying to say, hey, it was a Fantastic Four member, and Human Torch is saying, no, you weren't, and Bobby and so he proves it, but it's a retelling of a time that he was a fill-in for the Fantastic Four when Johnny wasn't there. And in the end, they all make up. Uh, Strange Academy, number three. It's just awesome stuff, man. This is fun. I it's just a fun book. Is it a huge eventful book that I think everybody needs to know what's going on? No, that's why it's not necessarily in the overviews. But it is a hell of a fun read, and that's really all we really want out of our comics, right? Is to have fun. Strange Academy, number three. 
Uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, number two. Uh, horrific. Horrific. Uh, it's... It's good. It is. Is it as good as the Marvel Zombies Resurrection from last year, the one-shot? So far, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, the characters involved in, in this story, in this particular Marvel Zombies Resurrection event, that's one thing that it confuses me. It's why are they all called Resurrection now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's characters that we don't see often, and, you know, some cool things come to light, and it's, it's fun. If you're into zombies and into horror and all that stuff, Marvel doesn't do a lot of horror outside of Immortal Hulk, so this is a good shot at it. It's October, right? Mighty Morph Power Rangers number 54. Yeah, the Imperials introduced, and the Omega Rangers fight it. Him. It. She. The Thing. And, yeah, it's, it's a fucking battle book with the Power Rangers, what can I say? Uh, Death Metal Multiverses End, Wacko. Wacko, everything in the Death Metal universe right now is Wacko, and this is no exception. So, there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. The Goon, number 12. I have The Goon in my collection, but I only read The Goon when Eric Powell writes The Goon. And that's just where I'm at on it. I, I, I've never given another writer a chance. <laughs> Now, I can't say that oh, if you, you, no one's capable of writing The Goon besides Eric Powell. Uh, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I don't want to see anybody writing The Goon except for Eric Powell. So, I don't have gaps in my collection, but I, unfortunately I'm just, I didn't get around to reading this issue because of that. Uh, Justice League Annual number 2. This is definitely at the top of my list as far as fun reads go this week. It's uh, Mixelplick and Batmite. Uh, squaring off in a who would win versus Batman versus Super... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong one. <laughs> I'm thinking of Batman Superman. Number one. Uh, annual number one. That's what's going on there. Mixelplick and Batmite square off. <laughs> and they give uh, their own version of a who would win fight between Batman and Superman. And it is nuts. I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. Now, Justice League annual number two. <sighs> this, to me, is exactly what a Justice League book should be. It is the team coming together to fight something. And it is about as team book as a team book gets. When it coming to the... Oh, that's so flippin' good, man. Uh, Legion of Superheroes number 9. It's on my pull list, uh, but I don't get around to reading it. That's just what it is. It's not particularly a series I care about, but things just keep happening in this series, and for the sake of speculation, I just leave it on the pull list. Uh, sea of Stars, number seven. Just like I had hoped. I was a little worried that I wouldn't be able to continue reading this series. Not that I would drop the series, but continue reading the series until I went through and reread the first arc. Um, issue six just kind of jumped us right back into it, and frankly, because of the long gap in between story arcs, I was a little lost, but seven is a great refresher, and if you're in the same boat that I was, then yes, uh, you're, you're right back into it. You know what's going on. It's so goddamn good. Sea of Stars. Don't sleep on it. Uh, from Oni Press, Rogue Planet number five. So this is a Colin Bunn horror story that I'll get around to reading eventually. Uh, the Resistance, number six of a six-parter. It's J. Michael Straczynski and Mike Diodoto Jr. Uh, yeah, issue one was bonkers and a little too on the nose with, you know, talking about fucking pandemics and shit like that. So now that this miniseries is wrapped up, I'll get around to reading it and as a whole. Uh, a bunch of Spawn books this week, but I guess I saved the others for the cover. <laughs> uh, Spawn 310. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah, I, I'm in and out of Spawn. Not that I don't like it by any means. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, you collect Spawn if you collect comics, right? And sometimes I read it, sometimes I don't. It just kind of depends on how I feel that day. Uh, Alienated number six. Now, this is the end of the, probably just the first story arc, or maybe it's the end of the miniseries. I don't know. This is a series that I've been wanting to jump on, but I was late to it because for whatever reason, my shop was shorted issue number one, so I had to wait for the second print to come out. And now I can go through and read it all as a whole. I would kind of like to have read it week to week, but 
when I miss a week, it makes it hard for me. I don't have a lot of time to go through and uh, do back reading. As you can tell, i am fucking got a lot of books here to read. Uh, the Boys, Dear Becky, number five. Uh, I, yeah, this is one that I'm going to go through, and you know, I think it's just a six-parter. I don't know, but I, I, I got to catch up to this one. I've been watching the Boys series, and now I'm all the more intrigued. All the more intrigued as to what could possibly be going on in Dear Becky. From Aardvark, uh, penis. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> if you don't know, figure it out. Nailbiter Returns, number five. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I haven't read the first Nailbiter, but my boy Sean Mullen, creator of the Wolf and Me comic, which <laughs> is shaping up to look really nice. Uh, it's, it's, oh, fuck. Anyway, he and his brilliant taste in comics recommended Nailbiter Returns, and, yeah, uh, because I haven't read the first Nailbiter, I, I got some catching up to do. But, took his recommendation, and, yeah, I'll take his word for it. Philadelphia number eight. Yeah, we read Philadelphia, right? Unfortunately, I'm behind on it, but if you're not at least collecting Philadelphia, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out. You're missing out. Savage Avengers number 12. Uh, fuck. I just, I didn't have time this week. I, you, Savage Avengers is usually at the top of my list. Well, I wouldn't say the top of my list, but always in the, I have to read pile, let's put it that way. I love what Jerry Duggan does. And, uh, yeah, I, I just feel ashamed of myself that I didn't get around to reading it this week. So that's where I'm at on that. Shang-Chi, number one. Yeah, this is a five-parter that I won't be reading, but I'll be collecting. Uh, I picked it up out of the sake of speculation. That's it. I, uh, personally, I don't give two dragon turds about Shang-Chi. I just, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So, but... I do care about having historical events and moments in my collection, and apparently there's some first appearances that pop off in this, so. Right? And, uh, yeah, that does it. That does it for the honorable mentions. Now, on to the final segment of the podcast, and that's the wall books. The wall books are the books I pick up specifically to put on my wall, or become wall-worthy. Covers. Cover art is maybe the most important thing to getting people into a book that is ignorant as to what's going on in the story so it's time to celebrate those covers books that just art i couldn't not have spawn came out with a bunch of amazing covers this week i got the one in five retailer incentive variant Uh, it's the black and white ninja spawn Uh, i got the color as i think it's the b cover of ninja spawn so badass, McFarlane killed it. Uh, there was, well, the, yeah, okay, yeah, and then, fuck, who did this? It's the C cover that just might be one of my favorite fucking Spawn covers of all time. Who did that? Is that Ryan Brown? RB, let me see, let me see, because, I mean, if I'm gonna say it's one of the best ever, I gotta fucking... Where is it? Uh, Bjorn Berens. Alright. God damn. Bjorn Berens. Looks like there's somebody out there that I'm going to have my eyes on. That fucking spawn looks so incredible. Yes, it's a very dark green drab color. There's almost no color in it besides that color. But, ugh. The attention to detail. It's gory. It's... Fuck is it beautiful. Picked up the B cover on Batman 3 Jokers. Babs covered in blood. Ooh, Batman Joker Warzone number one. Right now, I'm a fan of uh, anything involving Clown Hunter. And this also has Signal and Orphan on the cover. And yeah, you don't see them on covers very often. It's Derek Chu, baby. And lastly, definitely not least, it is Giant Size X-Men Tribute Book. I picked up the Trad More variant, and I love homage covers. I've been getting into them uh, heavily lately. I'm getting ready to disassemble my wall books and put up a 
wall of homages, and I love Trad more as an artist. Uh, and this is, fuck, it's perfect. It's perfect. So that does it. That wraps up this week's podcast. I'm happy to be able to talk about actual comics, not about what's coming out or talk to the people that's creating the comics, which obviously I love doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. But the whole reason I got into this was to talk about the books, prove that there's people out there that actually read the books and enjoy the books that aren't out there to just talk shit about the books. I don't have anything bad to say. I won't say it. I might have an opinion that slips out here and there, but I'm never here to sway you away from something. I just want you to get into this. I want you to feel more comfortable uh, getting into the comic book medium. I know it could be very overwhelming, and uh, I hope... I hope to continue on with these Wednesday shows more consistently. I, I, I do feel like utter dog shit when I don't get a Wednesday afternoon up. And, uh, yeah, well, know that, okay? Know that I'm not being lazy. So I guess that's the upside to me not having comics come in today. I wasn't occupied with that, but... Uh. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I'm done rambling. I have to urge you, as always, jump on Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Join uh, monsters like Sean Mullen and Monty Michael Moore, people that show their true appreciation for this podcast financially. Leave as little as a dollar a month, and uh, you'll get access to uh, exclusive raw ad-free interviews. And uh, They're up early before... Uh, the, the rest of the the public can get to them. So you have that going for you. I'm going to send you stickers. doesn't matter which tier you choose. So um, that right there pays for itself. And I say stickers. I'm not going to just send you a sticker. That's weird. I want this shit. I want this Cheers to Comics logo all over the motherfucking place. So <laughs> I'm going to send you multiple. Just $1 a month, guys. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. After you do that, leave reviews. Reviews are incredibly important to the growth of this podcast. Apple, or iTunes, whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, Stitcher, anywhere you can leave a review or any type of feedback. Make sure it's the full five stars. Podchaser, like the Apocalypse. I don't talk about that enough. I don't talk about the Apocalypse enough on account of I created it. <laughs> I guess that's... Uh, the the humble brag in me that's been waiting to come out for months now. Uh, hashtag the Apocalypse. There's a bunch of amazing podcasts in that community. So on Twitter, if you just hashtag the Apocalypse, then you will be directed to <laughs> amazing podcasts. But follow the Apocalypse list on Podchaser, and that is your direct route. They join the Apocalypse, they're on the list, and I am all about quality control. So, there you go, Slurds. It's been a week, it's been a podcast. Uh, as always, I urge you to stay safe out there. Please fucking stay safe, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. <laughs>